0: Welcome to the Coop Center Podcast. And here's your host. Oh, I hate these flood pants. Hey, they're working. My feet are soaked, but my cups are bone dry. Everything's coming up millhouse! Michael Preston. Can I just make sure we've all got one thing exceedingly clear from that episode of The Simpsons? And that is that, um, you put that much water in a town with that many homes underwater, um, there is catastrophic death going on. Like, did we just gloss over the fact that the whole dang town got completely flooded and everybody's totally fine? And Homer rides a speedboat, and, and I, what happened with, like, the... Oh, yeah, all the animals are floating around and whatnot. So not only is the town catastrophically flooded, I've got zoo animals out and about ready to kill. Not to, like, take anything away from a great episode of The Simpsons. Um... Which also, if I'm recalling correctly, involves
1: Homer yelling, Leg Grill! What the
0: hell does it even... Anyway, again, if you're new to the show, the intros never make sense. Uh, Ever, ever. Welcome to podcast... Or podcast versus everyone. I'm leaving that in. I always leave it in. I always leave that stuff. (laughs) Welcome to the Coog Center Hour. I am Michael Preston, John Servers from... Building the dam. I'm going to talk about the Oregon State Beavers here in a little bit. uh, The upcoming opponent for Washington State. We're going to go over... um, I All this stuff from the conference is stupid in terms of who they give awards to and all this other stuff. But I'm going to get angry about one. uh, And then we'll end with our Dunderhead of the Week and ask Michael anything. Um, I'm tickled to be able to come to you today to talk about a win. Um, What I think was a very weird win... Like, a very odd win. Let's put it that way. Um, but a win, nonetheless, and it's good. And we love that. We like it when this football team wins, and they won a conference game, uh, which is big. I think, especially after how they'd played the last, you know, few weeks, especially against SC, letting that game get away, and then kind of the same thing against Utah, where you just you had opportunity after opportunity to try to put that team away, and you just never quite did it. Um, so it was nice to see them do that in a way uh, against Cal, I want to start with the side of the ball that I I know Cal's offense is not like this world beater, but it's been a while since we've seen a performance like that from a Washington State defense. You probably need to go back to at least 2018 um, to find another performance quite like that because I'm you know Chase Garbers is I'm still trying to figure out if he's like okay I, I think he is now finally. Um, but it, it's it's been a hot minute since you saw the defense play that well, and I I think what I was struck by most because I wasn't able to watch the game live um, this weekend uh, duty at a baby shower called. They did have the game on in the garage, but you kind of can't get away with that um, at a baby shower. Just you know, sitting in there and watching it, um, watching the replay was that I. It has been a while since I saw that defense swarm to the football the way they did so effectively against Cal. It seemed like on so many occasions, either the ball carrier on a handoff or on a swing pass or something where the ball carrier was behind the line of scrimmage or very close to it, and all of a sudden there were three or four white jerseys and crimson helmets right around him, And Even if there weren't three or four, the one person who was there was making tackles. I think that was the other thing I was really struck by on Saturday. At least it it looked like to me that there were just not a lot of missed tackles from that defense. So I don't know what the heck changed in a week, but whatever Jake Dickert and his staff did worked clearly. And, you know, again, maybe this, some of this is a function of playing a Cal football team whose offense, you know, is is not what we would consider among the better in the conference. But I don't think it really matters in that case. You hold anybody to six points off a hilarious bad snap on a PAT nonetheless, but still six points. Um, that That's something to celebrate. So I, I was struck by how they were swarming to the football, how well they were tackling when they got there. And I think the one other impression I was really left with from the defense on Saturday was just their gap integrity. Very rarely did you see them lose gap integrity. And, you know, in so many cases where Cal is trying to move the defensive line and the defense to the right to get their running back going to the left, so you're trying to move everybody in that direction to get them out of the way, you had guys waiting there on the edge because that was their assignment. The The assignments were sound. And they were followed really, really well. Justice Rogers had a nice game. Jahan Woods had a nice game. Armani Marsh had a nice game. I thought Daniel Isom played pretty well. Uh, Jalen Watson obviously had that pick. Uh, Ron Stone. I want to get to Ron Stone in a second. Brennan Jackson. Um, it, it seemed like it all just kind of finally came together a little bit. And you had, you had a lot of pressure... On garbers. He got sacked. I think what was it, four times he got sacked in that game. So it, it struck me that the defense played so well in so many facets when we'd seen them struggle so much in recent weeks. And it 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 just it it awed me watching that replay that I, I was just sitting there the whole time, just being struck. By how good, kind of assignment football that defense played. It was so good all day long. Now, of course, I watched the replay, and I and I was not able to hide from the results, so I I knew what happened. But and you know maybe in the moment it would have been a little different for me, but it just never really felt like Cal was going to get anything going. They got inside. The Washington State forty a couple of times, but you're able to. They were able to put them in negative territory enough, or in, or you know, with long third downs that then necessitated fourth down attempts. That just by the nature of the game, you're not going to be able to pick every single one of those up. The one play that really, really struck me in terms of discipline, in terms of assignment football, was that screen pass that Travion Brown batted down, and. I mean, from every standpoint, the fact that, you know, the defense was able to get to Garbers so quickly. I mean, even on a screen pass, Garbers is backpedaling, 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 and, you know, obviously on the screen, the offensive linemen are going to vacate to make room. So you, you would expect that to happen, but it seems like it's happening even quicker than one would have expected. And you can see a moment where Travion Brown sees everybody going to the quarterback, and he sees the line, running back sneak out for the screen, and he just he takes one extra step towards the quarterback and then just stops. And goes back a step or two and waits for the football, because then at that point, Garbers has to make a choice: does he take the sack or does he try to throw the football to the running back? The smarter thing to do there would just be to throw it at Travion Brown's feet, kind of near the running back, so you're not taking a uh, you're not taking a penalty for intentional grounding there, um, or taking the sack. Because frankly, you don't want to throw it to Travion Brown; and the chance he picks it off. Because then you it's a five on one situation. I don't think Chase Garbers, who's underneath three defenders, is going to win that. So what a great game from the defense played absolutely incredibly. Um Cal after that first drive the offense was pretty much non-existent the rest of the way. It was it was very striking to me how little Cal was able to do with the football following their opening touchdown drive. It was a genuinely it looked like a John Donovan coached offense. <laughs> God, they are bad. Um, offensively, I mean, they were fine. You know, 21 points is not a ton. Cal is known for their defense. Their defense isn't great this year, but Justin Wilcox is defensively-minded head coach. And I think so much of this is just the vexing of the Cal BS, right? Like, it's just every year, the Cal BS. Um, Jaden Delora made some really pretty throws. Again, as usual, that touchdown pass that John Stribling dropped was—I—I like—I bit my lip on how gorgeous that throw was. It was absolutely spectacular. Um, but you get you—you you see Jaden Dolores still behaving a bit like a freshman. It seemed like on those first two drives, he was really staying kind of within the offense and taking what was given to him, which was you know it's—it's it's not necessarily a hallmark of the running shoe, but he was be. I don't want to say behaving, but he was he was being a better quarterback in the run and shoot because he was taking what was there and not trying for the deep shot. I get you know, Jaden DeLore is 19, you know what is he, 19, 20 years old, and he is an absolute, he, the kid has an absolute cannon, and he is extremely confident in that arm, no matter the level of football he's playing at. So he's going to try to take the kill shot a lot. But so many of those deep passes were underthrown overthrown, um, or just flat-out not accurate. And if he's going to be the guy, I don't even mean this year, because Nick Rolovich has said he's going to be the guy for the rest of the year, which is, again, frankly, uh, we've belabored the point by now. But anyway, um, (laughs) moving forward, obviously, that's something he's going to have to improve, because this offense can't rely on five to seven yards at a time and I know you know that sounds like oh that's a first down every time five to seven yard average is not you know like okay fine but you're still gonna throw in complete passes you're still gonna go backwards you're still gonna do all these other things so he needs to be able to open the top off the offense a little bit because i I really think that's what this offense is missing right now is the deep threat that's something the air raid kind of always had because it also always had a quarterback kind of capable of making that throw um so you had to respect the long throw which of course opens things up underneath and then when you sit down on the underneath stuff that's when you break the top open again um so I, i think it's obvious to everybody he's got to improve that now I love that he's – this is something you saw in Connor Halliday. He's still got the confidence to go out there after an interception. He's not going to shrink back. He's going to go back out there, and he's going to try to make that throw again because, dang it, he's going to get that ball in there. Um, Can we please stop with the RPO slant pass, though? Can we stop – that? can we stop running that? That's two weeks in a row now that pass has gotten picked off. I'm pretty sure it's the exact play. The exact play has gotten picked off twice now. Let's just take that page of the playbook out, throw it in a garbage can, maybe light the garbage can on fire, roll it up Moscow Mountain, and then roll it down, maybe just to be safe. That's all I'm saying. Just I don't ever want to see that play run again, ever. Um, so great from the defense, okay from the offense. I, you know, the defense obviously did more than enough on Saturday to win that football game, but you you want to see, obviously, some more from the offense going forward because 21 points is not going to be enough to win a lot of football games. It's enough to win that one, and you can't always count on your defense to hold teams to under three touchdowns. It's just not realistic. So you want to see them be more consistent, and I, I think, again, you know, I'm so encouraged by the defense after this weekend, but still seeing the offense score on two of the drives that opened a half and only on one otherwise that is a little discouraging that it kind of feels like once things have to go off script that's when things go off the rails when we can't figure out a script then we're in trouble and that that, that can't be how it is in any level of football you can't you, you can't get by at at any you know junior high, well, maybe, high school, college, pro, whatever, you, you you can't function as an offensive. All you can do is score on scripted drives. Can't do it. So that's something that Stutzman and Smith and Rolovich need to figure out moving forward, obviously. I'm saying the obvious here. Um, because if the defense is going to continue to improve every week, um, the offense needs to get there too. Because we're going to get to the point where it's now the offense starting to cost them games, as they kind of did against Utah. Now, granted, they didn't have the starting quarterback. They were missing one of the running backs for most of the half, or most of the game, rather. So that's a bit of a different animal. But um, but that's got to get fixed. Can't, it kind of goes without saying. Um, we're going to talk about Calvin Jackson's catch later, but I want to talk about Ron Stone. Scooping up a blocked punt and running it for first down. I've never seen anything like that before in my entire life. Ever. And by the way, kudos to Nick Haber for having the wherewithal to throw a block. The punter threw a block. Good for that kid. He got his kick blocked, Stone scooped it up, and Haber, I mean, I don't, okay, maybe not through a block, right? Like, not, not in the traditional sense that we're all thinking about where, you know, like, you really get your shoulder down, your arms extended, and, like, push a guy over and, like, try to try to knock him on his rear end. Um, he kind of got in the way, but for a punter, that's A, way more than I ever would have expected, and B, it did just enough to let Ron Stone scoop up that ball Uh, And run past the first down marker. That was one of those plays where, you know, I actually did see that one live. I was one of the rare times I could be by the TV. Um, And I I think I knew that that was legal, but I also didn't know that it is. Does that make sense? Like, I was pretty sure I knew, but I also, it's one of those moments where you question yourself like, wait, is that? Can you pick up a block and advance the ball? And... Yes, you can. There is no rule against doing that. <laughs> It just never happens because, yeah, how often are you in that position where everybody has vacated back there except for the punter and one of the upmen? <laughs> like, how often does that happen? Um, but anyway, I was pleased to see in the box score Ron Stone one carry for six yards and, a fourth down. and importantly, a fourth down conversion. Yeah, there you go. Good job, Ron. Good job, Nick, too. They're on that block. That was a great block by Haber, man. I wouldn't have the guts to do that. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> he, he really, truly did the, I'm going to get in the way. I would probably just, like, roll over and count on the guy tripping over me. <laughs> That's all I would do. What an absurd play. I'm really surprised it hasn't made more of the rounds, like, on college football social media. I'm very surprised by that. Okay, let's talk about the Oregon State Beavers next. Uh, four in, the 4-1 Oregon State Beavers, who break a nearly decade-long losing streak to Washington uh, last week. And it's they've got one almost as long to Washington State. And, uh, boy, Jonathan Smith and Nick Rolovich, not big fans of one another. So you can count on this one being uh, a little feisty, I think, at least between the coaches. But uh, we'll get a preview of the Beavers next on the Cook Center Hour. We're back here on the Coug Center Hour and joining us to talk about the Oregon State Beavers. Very kind to volunteer his time so very late at night is John Seavers of Building the Dam. Uh, John, the first thing I wanted to ask you how nice, and, and just because it's been this long for us too, so I just I need to live vicariously through you. What's it like and how nice is it to beat Washington?
1: Oh, it feels so good. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh man Yeah, it
0: does. Yeah, it does. One you the- know it. You know, yeah, one does. of the
1: first big uh, road games I went to as an Oregon State fan was up to Seattle to see him play Washington, and like it was a season the Beavers had started undefeated, and then mm-hmm. Washington just kind of like shut them down. It was miserable. So anytime you get to beat the Huskies, it just feels great to me. Oh God,
0: I wish I knew what that felt like. Um, yeah, I, I think someday. Yeah, man. You know you you are more positive than me. <laughs> <laughs> so I. I think one of the things I've been kind of most struck by, and I watched a lot of um, the win against USC in L.A., and I watched some of um, the game against Washington, was that, it. you know, Oregon State, you know, it's kind of been building to this 4-1 record under Jonathan Smith. I think everybody's been kind of waiting for it, but what's amazed me most is just how physical Oregon State is up front on both sides of the football. Has that been coming for a while because I was so struck against USC that they were just whipping them up front on both offense and defense.
1: I think it's definitely been building at least on the offensive line. That unit has like been so solid and like has been playing together for so long without any big changes for a while now that even if they're not like the biggest, it does feel like they have like the strength and uh, to just kind of Push them back. The D line, there were more questions on, but yeah, they've been doing pretty well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah,
0: four and one so um, far. Th- so sorry, four and one so far this year. How 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 are things kind of feeling in Corvallis right now? Because I have to imagine, you know, it's kind of a weird loss to Purdue to begin the year, but outside yeah. of that, they've looked very good in every game. So I have to imagine, you know, like I said, this is kind of where you've been expecting things to going, and maybe it took a little bit longer to get there, but I have to imagine it. <laughs> the vibe is positive.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been pretty fun around here for a bit. I I don't get out as much as I have before for you know reasons, but uh yeah, everyone seems to be excited. I think um it was a bit of a come down uh, after this weekend because you know some parts of the team didn't perform as well against Washington as against USC. But yeah, last year like especially after the win over Oregon, it really felt like the team was kind of cresting. But then you know it it petered out there pretty hard in 2020. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's been building to a bigger season under Smith, and it feels like we've kind of finally got there. Because
0: he, he's gotten a, he got correct me if I'm wrong, one or two contract extensions where it was kind of like, you know, I, I didn't necessarily look at it and go, that's a bad idea, but I, just, I certainly looked at it and kind of went, it's a little early to be doing that, isn't it? So yeah, Oregon, State's has, really or, yeah, Oregon State's put a lot of shown, faith in him.
1: Yeah, he hasn't really shown much yet, you know, he hasn't been to a bowl game yet, but I think, you know, after you beat Oregon, I think as a Beavers fan, if you can put together a win over Oregon, mm-hmm. that's going to get you at least one or two more years on your contract.
0: Yeah, again, that must be must be um, nice to win that type of game. Um, oh, <laughs> offensively, so oh, well, this is the second time I'm lamenting it. Um, off, <laughs> offensively, um, you know, I know in the past, I, I think Oregon State's you know, kind of along with Washington State, they've been known for their quarterbacks, um, quite a bit. Um but this year, this is you know, maybe not a ground and pound, but they're getting the job done on the ground with their running backs. What what is making them so good at running the football this year?
1: Uh, I think a lot of it's that O line, I think, has really like gotten a lot better at opening up holes and they're getting mm-hmm. a lot of help from the tight ends as run blockers too. Uh, they've had success in recent years with are Tavis Pierce and Jumar Jefferson. Mm-hmm. we are both gone now, but they also put up similar numbers, sort of. And uh, B.J. Baylor just seems to be kind of continuing in that sort of mold. He's um once, He's got kind of an impressive break speed. Once, like, he finds a gap or a hole, he can just sort of turn it on really quick.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to talk also about Chance Nolan because, you know, Sam Neuer transfers to Oregon State. We kind of all thought he would at least be favored to be um, the guy, but so what led to Chance Nolan being the guy at quarterback? Because when he throws the ball, it's 9.1 yards an attempt, which is a really exceptional number.
1: Yeah, it's been kind of surprising. Like, the Beavers quarterback situation for the last two seasons has been kind of odd. You have Mm -hmm. uh, Tristan Javie who came in as a transfer from Nebraska and, people kind of thought, oh, he's going to be the guy. But then, you know, this offseason, Neuer came in from Colorado, and people were like, okay, maybe jevia's on the outs, and now Neuer's the guy. But, And now we've got uh, Chance Nolan. Yeah, he saw some time uh, last year after jevia went down, but he didn't really show, you know, certainly as much as he's shown this year. I guess mm-hmm. it felt like in that first Purdue game, there just wasn't any rhythm on the offense for the first period when they had Neuer in a starter. So I imagined... Now, they just gave chance a i wanted to say chance a chance but let's say gave chance an opportunity
0: no 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 come uh, on no john stick with that come on be confident <laughs> give chance a chance i like that
1: <laughs> give chance a chance but yeah he just seems to have a, a much better rhythm with the, uh primary receivers
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh their timing is much tighter and yeah it's, cool. been, trying, it's been really impressive yeah I, uh, well it wasn't I didn't, against Washington. But. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, no, well, we, we'll get to that in a minute because I, I yeah. think that was a Washington team that's certainly shown not great offensively, and then they started going to the Wildcat and had some other issues in that game. Um, yeah. Give me one other name on offense that Wazoo fans need to be worried about um, heading into homecoming on Saturday.
1: Uh, I think a lot of people have been kind of expecting one of the tight ends to sort of breakout is like a receiving threat and that really hasn't happened mm-hmm. so i know people are you know expecting Chancellor and bg baylor taijon lindsay as the primary receiving option i'd guess uh maybe watch out for tegan quatoriano mm-hmm. that tight end he's been catching a few touchdowns here and there uh also if the beers get to the goal line jack coletto is absolutely gonna just run through the line and score he's been doing that reliably yeah. the past couple of games.
0: Yeah, that stood out to me on the stat line as well. A guy who doesn't touch the ball much but's got four touchdowns. No. That pretty clearly indicates to me what he's used yeah. for. It's, um
1: he's a he's a linebacker most of the time. He came to the team as a quarterback and then got moved to linebacker and now they, they just use him as a goal linebacker as well. It's very it's been a journey for him.
0: Hey man, whatever uh whatever you can do to help the team, I guess. And and yeah. touchdowns are touchdowns are where the glory is. <laughs> um mm-hmm. you mentioned kind of being surprised by the defensive line uh this season and what really stuck out to me was 34 tackles for a loss through 5 games. Um yeah. I I think just 9 sacks, but still that's that's an obscene amount of tackles for a loss. How the heck do they do that?
1: <laughs> Hard to say. The the linebackers, I think, have really helped. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of that's been a strong unit for a while now. Yes. Uh, Avery Roberts, Omar Spates, but yeah, it's just that that physical presence that has been really delivering just sort of forces the O line back and just kind of gums everything up, especially with the run game.
0: Because I I yeah. think yeah, like I was I was so struck by by that against USC. I don't I don't think you guys were expecting that either, were you? So that had to be no, a pleasant surprise, much. especially against the Trojans.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was very surprising. I I expected that Trojan offense to just kind of light up the Beavers, but they just they
0: just couldn't. Well, you're welcome for hurting Keaton Slovis, I guess. Um <laughs> that, that the, did, yeah, that that did, that did help. Um the defense is a bit of a ball hawk as well. Again, 11 turnovers through 5 games. Is that is that an emphasis for this defense to look for the football? I mean, you know, every defense does that, but is that just something they focus on a, a little bit more than other defenses?
1: Uh, I think that's definitely something they they try to play up both in the game plan, just kind of the team culture. I don't know if if you've watched any games, you might see them bring out the chainsaw when, whenever they get to the turn over. I have
0: seen that. Yes. Yeah. I want to. Why the chainsaw? I I need. Uh, I've I've been meaning to ask that question for so long. Why a chainsaw when the mascot is a beaver? I just I, I, I must know.
1: Like, like beavers, beavers cut down trees with their teeth, and and chainsaws cut down trees. I, I don't. I don't.
0: I'm just I'm I'm genuinely curious, and then that I and I, I mean that in a genuine curiosity way. Yeah, because I guess a chain of teeth would look
1: weird. You're right. That, I, that I guess not, so. Yeah, like, that would they not They can't be. have no. an actual beaver chew down a tree whenever they get stuff
0: No, keep that. Would be bad. Is there anything that Jaden Delora needs to look out for on defense, especially because I I talked earlier they're running this RPO seam route that's just not working. But is there any one thing that that defense does to be especially hawkish to the ball? Um, that he needs to keep his eye on.
1: He might need to, yeah, not try to force it so much. Maybe look for an easier dump route. Don't try to make a mm-hmm. big play. Just try to make a smarter play because they're definitely going to try to jump if there's room to jump. Yeah, get in front of the ball.
0: You mentioned those linebackers um, as well. I mean, those are names I've I've heard from for years. Is there any other one person that kind of Washington State's offense needs to be on the lookout for when when they're on the field?
1: Good question. I think, you know, uh, let's say Rayon Wright in the mm-hmm. secondary. The the Beavers secondary has been definitely an issue. I think it's the weakest unit on defense even with the, the interceptions they're performing. But uh Wright has definitely felt like the biggest like playmaker, even if he's not like a shutdown corner. He's mm-hmm. a guy who can turn a big player come up with a big pass defense.
0: Okay. Give me a prediction uh, for Saturday. This is, you know, I I talked earlier about it being the first time that OSU has beaten Washington in a long time. It's only been one year less that uh, since they've beaten Washington State. It's seven in a row for the Cougs over the Beeves. Is this the year? Tough no, kid. Well, I mean, I I think of 2019. I think of last year. I I can actually probably think of 18 as well. That was probably another tough one. Um, is this finally the year? Is it finally the year for Oregon State?
1: Well, I'm, a, I'm a big homer, and I'm, I'm optimistic this season. <laughs> um, I, I do think I would give the Beavers the win. It is going to be on the road, but they did beat USC on the road. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think the Cougars will definitely be able to, to put some points on the board. Um, I'll say like a, about a 34-28 Beavers.
0: Oh, God! Oh, good. Another, another nail-biter, just how I like yeah. it against Oregon State. Uh, John Seavers of Building the Dam joining us to go over those beavers and their natural enemy,
1: mm-hmm. beaver
0: teeth. Uh, yes. <laughs> taking too long to cut down a tree. Thank you, John. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We are back on the Cook Center Hour. By the way, piece of advice, if you have lamb vindaloo, a very delicious dish um, from an Indian restaurant. Uh, up, well, they make it at other Indian restaurants, but from the Indian restaurant uh, up the street from our house, try to not like burp and then bring some of that like back up your esophagus, because you will have a coughing fit for 15 minutes, just like I did before recording this. I'm still coughing a little bit, uh, but wow, that's hard to find that sensation with other foods. Um, now, normally, I try to stay a little above the... <clears throat> was that? Mindaloo again. I try to stay a little above the, you know, stupid awards online and who's that that like big game sooner guy who releases like his maps or whatever. Like I I got listed as uh something. I don't remember. Anyway, that's I'm really summarizing this well. Um but the Pac twelve you guys all saw Calvin Jackson Jr.'s catching that Cal game for that second touchdown. My lord, I have I I cannot remember the last time I saw a catch that insane. I mean, we saw River Craycraft toe drag. We saw Gabe Marks make a lot of great catches. We saw Des Patman do that. We saw Jameer Calvin do it. But nothing quite like going up with one hand, twisting, turning, and then managing to get a toe down in bounds and then hold on to the football the whole way through. It was an absolutely exceptional catch that i it's going to be hard to ever top that um for me in terms of you know watching football moving forward um and drake london made a fine one-handed catch for usc in their win over colorado you know he just kind of stuck his hand out though made the catch drug a toe and he was in and actually i don't mean to minimize it it, it was a dang good catch as well but just not i mean there's 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 that and then if you can't see my hand, and of course you can't because it's a podcast, it's now way above my head, and then there's Jackson's. Okay. And the Pac-12 decided that both of those, both, not just one, like they would normally do for the Pac-12 catch of the week, but both would be tied for the Pac-12 catch of the week. <sighs> like, I don't want to get mad about it. I don't want to get mad about it. I shouldn't get mad about it. I shouldn't be sitting here all mad about it. Mad about it. Shouldn't do this. Why am I doing it? Why am I doing this? Why am I getting mad about it? It's just like, I know you got to protect the big brand. I know you got to do all that stuff. I know you got to... Make sure that the big school gets a lot of the attention because we're interested in the college football playoff and we're interested in the big brands being good. It's good for the conference. When the good brands are good, when Oregon, when SC, when UCLA, when Stanford, when Washington are all good, that is good for everybody. A rising tide lifts all boats or whatever Bill Moose said. I just like, just this one time, this one bloody time when calvin jackson's catch is so really and truly miles better in terms of athleticism in terms of amazement in terms of everything else that went into the catch when everything about it and drake london's catch is great okay i want to make sure we're emphasizing that here It is a silver medal winning catch. It would have won it maybe any other week. But not this week. It would not have done that. Period. It is not as good. If anybody tells you it's as good, they are lying or blind. It's either or, folks. And if you think this person is telling the truth, please tell them to consult their ophthalmologist. Ophthalmologist? Whatever it is. Eye doctor. This is part of what irks me so much. When the conference favors... Like, you know, again, look. like I'm getting angry and I shouldn't. But And, and, and I get it. I get it. From their standpoint. But this is just such a small thing. It's such a teeny tiny little thing. Even if SC were in the top 10, which they very much are not anymore, even if SC were in the top 10, do you think for one second a member of the college football playoff committee is going to look back at week five of the season and go, well, Drake London didn't win Pac-12 catch of the week that week for a really good catch, so, you know, we're not going to get the brand recognition in the playoff that we might want to from SC, so we're going to have to leave him out. Like I I I don't know what it is, and you don't need this. Doesn't need to be a oh well they were both so good. We need to say they were both good. No, you can just say that Calvin Jackson's was miles and miles and miles and miles better than Drake London's. It's okay to say that. It's okay that when a wide receiver for the for the big school in the conference makes a great catch, and the and a wide receiver for the little school in the conference makes an even better one, to just acknowledge the guy from the school in the wheat fields. Okay? We don't always need to be placating USC in every single little teeny tiny thing that they do. Just because they remembered to bring milk and cheese home from the grocery store doesn't mean we need to give them a big pat on the back. I don't know why I said that. Maybe because I forgot cheese today. Okay? It's okay sometimes for Wazoo to win awards when SC is the competition. It's okay to do that. Like I, I swear that I try to not get worked up about this stuff a lot because so often, so often, it, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it just doesn't matter. It just does not matter. And you know what? Okay, fine. It's stupid, but whatever. Who cares? I think finally in a year where, A, let's face it, as Wazoo fans, we could use good stuff. We could use good news. We could use things to be happy about. Maybe just once, one time, let us have that thing, you know, to be happy about? Is it too much to ask to just let us have the one little thing, the catch of the week? It, it, it's insignificant. I'm not going to remember it in three weeks. Why can't we just have it? No, we have to split it because they were both in the Sports Center top 10, but Jackson's was number one. I thought I, I swear I never get this angry about this stuff, but I worked myself into a lather over this one. I'm gonna work myself into another lather next. Thunderhead of the week coming up after the fight song on the King Center Hour. Thunderhead of the week. Uh, you may have seen the professional baseball team in Seattle made a little run of it uh, towards the playoffs at the end of the year. And A, I want to say to all the people who are crapping on everybody for having a lot of fun with that, just let people have fun. Okay? Just let them have fun. Nothing wrong with it. Don't need to drag them down. Let them have fun. Especially with that baseball team. Not a lot of fun to be had over the last 20 years, so let them have fun when maybe they can go to the playoffs. Um... but the team made a lot of, like, placards, like little, you know, cards that said believe on them. That's a reference to Ted Lasso, and I swear to God I'm the only person who hasn't watched Ted Lasso at this point. Um, But they gave them to all the fans, and during one of the games, which I believe was the Friday night game, they lost that game, um, people were throwing them as paper airplanes onto the field. Like, while the Mariners were batting. And then caused the game to be stopped. While they were doing that, um, don't, please, please do not. I mean, a, don't throw stuff on the field. Don't be a home crowd in CONCACAF soccer qualifying. Okay, don't be a crowd in anywhere but the United States and Canada in CONCACAF qualifying. Don't throw crap on the field. But especially don't do it when your team is trying to focus on making it to the playoffs for the first time in two decades. Please stop it. Don't do that. This goes back to what we've talked about before. I feel like we all went into lockdown and quarantine or whatever it was, and then we just all forgot how, how to behave in public. We all forgot. Just, like, all the instincts went away. All the memories of how to do it went away. Just nobody remembered anymore. Don't throw stuff in the field, but don't make paper airplanes out of signs that are printed for you to hold up and distract people with, please. Especially when we're trying to make the playoffs. Ask Michael anything. Time. I just maybe some of it's jealousy that I I make a terrible paper airplane. That might be part of it. Uh, at Vince G fifty five, our old friend Vince Grippy, is this a good time to join Facebook? <laughs> Sent during the Facebook outage on Monday? Yes, that would have been a great time. At CQ8606, sleep-deprived Sean. What is a hypotenuse? What is a hypotenuse? Hold on. Why don't I know that? Is it the long side of a triangle before I do this? (laughs) Ha! I knew it. It's the long side of a triangle. Of a right-angled triangle. I knew that. Ish. Matthew P. Matthew Peck, as somebody making their first trip to Pullman in 11 years. Hey, neat. What's new on campus game day that I should be aware of? I assume I'll be stressing over parking. Uh, not if you have a parking pass. Uh, if you have tickets that don't have that, then yes, you will be. I frankly don't know that because all my season tickets always come with parking, so I never uh, worry about it too much. Um, I don't think there's been a ton that's really changed. Um, Valhalla has an upstairs now. There's that. Uh, Mike's or Stubblefield is closed. Sad. Um, and the kids are drinking more seltzers, which I'm coming around on. I'll be frank about that. I am having a beer right now, but I'm coming around on that. Uh, I can't think of really anything else that's changed. If anybody else can, put it in the comments on the website or hit me up on Twitter because I can't I can't think of anything. Uh, at Cam Welsh, Katie, what, do you, what did you do with the extra time away from Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp on Monday? I don't use WhatsApp. We used it for like our parenting group. Don't use it anymore. Just text those folks. Um, but what I do with my time away, I uh solved and uh created world peace. Uh painted and uh I read books and beautiful crisp bottom leaves. I I just I spent more time on Twitter and I worked. There was that. At J Barnes77, Jalen Barnes, since Halloween is coming up, most underrated Halloween candy. Man. This causes a lot of... I mean, this causes fights every year. I love Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, even though everybody... You know, they're everywhere, but I just love those things. They're so delicious. So good. So, like, Reese's Pieces, and anything to do with Reese's. Um, Underrated, though? um, I, I like Almond Joys. Almond Joys. I know a lot of people don't love Almond Joys, but... You know. it's Yeah at Lil Taco 21 thomas 69 inches tall beason what positions would you most like to see the mariners go out and spend to upgrade this offseason bonus what would you like their payroll to be next year if they don't pick up kikuchi and sigurd sigurd on the books for 40 million um i mean more would be good payroll wise um i frankly didn't watch the mariners enough this last year because i have a streaming service that doesn't get root um i do now they just added it um but I, I they plan to have Toro play third base. That's a little unnerving to me. Catcher seems like a bit of a black hole position, and then starting pitching's always kind of been not great. Um, so probably some improvements there, I would say. Uh, at Danny Schlecht, uninteresting 1986. Is Dickert finally getting his defense installed to the point where this can actually be a four-quarters team, or is Cal that bad? Uh, we kind of talked about that a little bit. I think... It's one game, so you don't want to take, like, a ton from it, but you're kind of hopeful that a lot of that stuff can keep going. Um, It's just so jarring to see the big change kind of from week to week. Um, You know, Utah is really not good offensively, so that's kind of a weird game, but um, (laughs) we'll see this Saturday. That's for sure. Uh, At Grim Biscuit, Josh, will the engagement level on Die Hard Coods be affected by the Facebook guys? I hope it deleted. I hope somebody at Facebook just, like, while they were... Re-uploading the website or something Just pulled the plug on that uh, At WC Brady 27 basketball season yet If you didn't have to sleep What would you do with the extra However many hours in the day Oh I would play a lot of video games That late at night especially I play a lot of video games You know what else I might do I might go get donuts like early in the morning Or like pastries in the morning There is really nothing better than if you Wake up like I wake up accidentally at 5am On Saturdays and Sundays all the time Because I have a baby um, and I can't go back to sleep, so I'll go to... There's a really lovely uh, French bakery in West Seattle. I'll go to right when they open and get pastries for the family. There's just nothing like that. Smell it. 7 in the morning, get coffee. Mm, really good. At NickBD72, Nick NickBeaty72, Nick NickBeaty, favorite pro wrestler of all time. I'm going to give a really bad answer to this because I did not watch a lot of pro wrestling as a kid. But Mick Foley. I loved that dude. No idea why. Just absolutely loved him. At Max Like Sports One, Max Like Sports. If you could hire one WCU class just or if you could take one WC class just for funsies, what would it be? Also, Hi Mark and Ben. I like that. Uh, I would have loved to have taken history of baseball. Never got to take it. because um, they only offered that class every once in a while. I would have loved to have taken it. It, it would have been great. Um at J.A. Roberts 1501, Ghostly Jessica, what do you think of Chun's interview in Cook Fan where he referenced a long term arena solution for Cougar basketball? He was very non committal to it, and we talked about before how that needs to be a thing, but yeah, I mean, he's like, we're not even in the preliminary stages. It makes sense. I don't even know what the ownership deal is with Beasley. I don't know if we lease it, own it, what's going on. At Chris McKinter, if Chris we will end with this. What would it take for you to swear on the show? <laughs> Winning the Apple Cup, probably. Oregon State 35, Washington State 24. It improves a bit, but Oregon State's just got a lot of firepower. We'll see you next week on the Cook Center Hour.